0: welcome to squawk my name is luke of course i am here in studio with my co-host dr brian nixon and this is going to be our season finale and we're going to call it the semester review where we're (laughs) going to just go down the list of the different things that we've had the privilege to discuss with each other and to put out for you all this semester we're getting ready to take summer break because calvary college semester is ending this week so the podcast will as well But I don't want you to despair because after summer break, I promise you we will be back better than ever with new guests, new exciting topics, and of course, a new format, which is one of the things we love to do. We had a different format in first semesters, new semester, new format, and it doesn't mean we'll have to have one every single time, but we're looking forward to what we've already been talking about for this fall. Stay tuned we're going to review all these things to jog your
1: memory. Luke, let me just say it has been a pleasure and a privilege to be on with you the you know these last two semesters and to piggyback off what you're saying, I'm looking forward uh, to next semester. It's it hopefully we'll just continue educating and enlightening and encouraging and equipping, you know, the 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 people that tune in. And speaking of the people that tune in, Luke, One of the things we said we're going to do in this review is to give statistics to our listeners so they understand that the program is growing and um, people in different countries are listening to it. So I'm going to turn it over to you to give us a review of the statistics of, of what Squawk has done these last two semesters.
0: Absolutely. And as you folks may not know, We don't do any heavy advertising of this. I think the only place this gets advertised per se is on Brian and my social media pages, and we don't make a big ruckus about it. We'll promote it once or twice, Mm -hmm. and that's it, and then in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So we haven't done nearly what could be being done with this, and even despite that, God has blessed it. I know he's blessed a number of people. With the information we've been able to provide. And he's blessed us. I've had a lot of fun. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it just, it's, I don't think as teachers, there's anything more satisfying than realizing you're putting something out there that's going to be a resource for many, many people for many years to come. That's right.
1: So, one of the beauties of recordings, be it a podcast or a CD or a tape back in the day or any kind of digital format today, is it, it really go outlives you in in a way. You know, you you could only teach a class of you know, and let's say my church history, I have 15 students or so. And you get those students for 15 and they take notes and they could tell other people, but when you put something on recording, you know, it could be shared and 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 you know, propagated that way. So, it's neat to see the statistics that you have on these.
0: Exactly, right. Well, we've been blessed e- even despite the lack of push on the on the publicity side. We have now been downloaded in 12 different countries, some of them extremely consistently. We just picked up Austria as one of our listening countries just a couple of weeks ago. But the list includes Hong Kong. It includes Japan. It includes Germany, France, Netherlands, and the list goes on. Mm. I don't have them all in front of me here, but it's, it's a very interesting list. Of course, we've got Britain and uh, Canada Mexico, they're all listening, and we don't know the specific situations for each and every party that's listening. But we are grateful that they are searching for these types of content and finding them. The last time I looked, I think Germany had 84 downloads. Wow, but just by itself. And for those of you who are interested in digging in further into the stats, a download is a minimum of 10 listenings. So this is not our listenership these are the people who've actually decided to download the entire episode as opposed to just listening to right. it when it comes through. So,
1: And what we, we really don't know is how many actual listeners, because right. someone could download it and then share it with five other people, six other people. So it, it, it's interesting. You know, I was a guest recently on another podcast called Isms That Cause Schisms. Oh, nice. And it it had 18,000 listens or downloads but then you think well boy those could be downloads and then they shared it with someone so it's it's really hard to tell with social media who i mean how many are actually listening to these things
0: exactly and transistor which is the group that we use to distribute so mm-hmm. we post in one place and our our main distributor is transistor and then it pushes that out to google podcasts apple podcasts spotify amazon music Mm -hmm. we're on acx we're on audible we're on a lot of different places at no additional charge for those of you who are looking to do podcasts with good content transistor has been a great partner for us Mm -hmm. very happy had no technical issues with that platform the entire time it was great and it was easy for us to use but as far as back to the stats uh, we have just at 1100 downloads Mm -hmm. and The downloads have been growing every single month of this semester, and I think last month we had 180 downloads just for that month. Now, the month before that was an anomaly, and I'm going to mention that here in a moment, but it was because of a single episode that we did that just absolutely blew up, and that was the history and the founding of the Calvary Church or the Calvary Chapel movement and the Jesus Revolution. Mm -hmm. And we did that right around the time that the Jesus Revolution film came out. This was Brian's suggestion because he was, he was there in some of those early conversations and he was able to provide insight about exactly what that looked like, had talked with uh, Brother Chuck Smith about that.
1: And, and let, me, let me give you an, an example of, of this reach. So because of that podcast, uh, a gentleman by the name Matthias, he's uh, in Germany, he, he downloaded it, got it somehow, and now we've been in regular correspondence <laughs> That's great. because he's working on his dissertation on the history and beliefs of Calvary Chapel wow. movement. So he was like, this was amazing. Where did you get this information? And who are you? And I said, well, you, you know, I was kind of a behind the scenes guy at Calvary. I didn't promote myself. I didn't get on stage. I was the behind the scene guy. I was kind of like the Oz, you know, helping with the books and doing the radio and such with Chuck. And he he was he was blown away by by that and so I've had probably at least four um conversations, in-depth conversations about the history of Calvary Chapel and looking at Chuck Smith and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So so not only have people around the world listen to it but they've taken it and now are using it for further scholarship which is pretty cool.
0: Well that's outstanding and Brian I'm you know this our listeners may not know but when you can as a researcher when you can get a hold of what's called a primary source mm-hmm. that means it's something that's contemporary to the time and to the area that you're actually researching. That is invaluable. Right. And if it's oral, it doesn't even matter almost what it is. It's so right. unique. Yeah. And, and, so that's amazing. And
1: exactly. And when he found out that I was doing oral histories with the people that hired Chuck Smith, you know, Hal Fisher particularly, that I was sitting down and interviewing Hal Fisher, his eyes just lit up and said, boy, this is what we need. And and so it, it's neat to see how this little program recorded here at Calvary Albuquerque and the radio station, and thank you to Daniel and Steve, yes. those engineers and and folks that that uh, that help uh, p- you know provide this broadcast. But this little broadcast, that's a little Calvary College broadcast, could help someone in Germany for their dissertation. It's really it's really neat.
0: I completely agree. What a blessing to be involved. So on that one, we had 163 downloads just for that one episode. Again, not including whatever the listens were. Now, the next biggest one was one that took a lot of research, and I think it's probably, I think as I said on the podcast itself, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, threat to the modern church for doctrinal solidarity, for the authority of the Word of God, and that is the New Apostolic Reformation. Mm-hmm. And we did a whole podcast on that, and that one's a, a distant second because of how how much interest there was and the time that we were able to tap into when that movie was released. But... We called it Cults and Solutions, the New Apostolic Reformation. We mentioned a couple of things after this in other episodes that were related or tangent to this. But those were the two biggest episodes we had of the semester. There were a lot of others that were close to that. But we appreciate each and every one of you who have been listening and disseminating this to your friends and family, co-workers, school colleagues, and we hope and pray that you continue to do that. But as we go down this list, we're just going to talk briefly about each of these episodes and the the work and effort that Brian and I have put in to bring this information to you, hit some highlights of each of these doctrines. Brian, out of this list, up to and including the ones we've already sort of mentioned, which one would you say was your favorite?
1: Well, the one that, other than the Calvary Chapel episode, which again, I, I've heard from Germany, I've heard from different places, but the one that, that students will respond to because i i'll talk about these in my my college class and i'll say hey we can only scratch the surface when we're doing church history but luke and i just did and then i'll fill in the blank so the ones that that people have responded to were the cults and solutions Mm. um people said i didn't know that about charles taze russell or i never knew joseph smith got arrested a couple of times you know i didn't know You know, about uh, Scientology or all of these other things. So I I think just on a personal level, the ones that class, um, you know, students have said to me are those on the cults. And of course, we have the one with Caden where he was in the studio and as an ex-Mormon and talking about that as well. So those are the ones that um, people have really, on a personal level, responded to me. So I thought they were very informative. And I liked our format. You know, I gave the history of the individual. I love it. And then you jumped into the theology of what is. And, and what we could have done, just as equally, you could have given the history, <laughs> right. and, and then I could have jumped into the theology of it. But we chose to do that because of the classes we were teaching. You know, exactly. you were doing theology, I was doing history. So it just made sense. But I think, I think you know, Colt's, along with the new reformation you know groups like that are, that are still emerging are still really tangible i don't want to call them threats but they're 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 tangible advocates to biblical Christianity. So yeah. we always have to be aware of what these other groups are pushing and then how to respond to them. And I and I think we did a, a good job with those. What about you? What what stands out for you?
0: I really enjoyed the episode with Caden. I think that interview was just so transparent and it brought to light really what our what our vision was. Mm-hmm. It sort of set the pace early on for well, what constitutes a solution to the mindset of people that are still trapped in these cults? And I thought Caden's answer was so well done where he talked about, you need to remember that these people are sincerely trying to earn their own salvation Mm -hmm. and they know that they can't. And they just need someone to tell them that in a way that they can latch onto. Like Mm -hmm. they still have a heart that's hungry for Christ, Mm -hmm. hungry for truth. And to take that away from the Sort of antagonistic view, not that we shouldn't be on guard. There's a difference between being on guard and being antagonistic. Mm -hmm. And I think that taking an on guard position that's sort of uses the vehicle of truth and love together, just like scripture says, that speaking the truth and love and to be that witness to people that are in these positions, that's such a huge challenge that Christians can. I mean, there's almost no end to the opportunities of Christians who utilize right. that method, and I thought he did so well articulating that. Yeah,
1: and I know I was out of town um, when you did the uh, the one with Kevin King, but I, I, I know also there was some some good discussion you had um, in our Colts and Solutions talking about the Worldwide Church of God. And so I think it is very appropriate to have ex-members of these cults Absolutely. to be on here, particularly as someone who had an insider viewer, they were tracked to get into the ministry, if you will. And then they the Lord got hold of them and they're going, wow, this is not what I want.
0: The really valuable thing from that interview that I, I loved how Kevin brought it together. And he just came right out and said it. He said, I was not impacted as severely as many other people that I know by this cult. And that brought up a really important point for understanding is that we can know what the cult itself teaches, but we don't always know how much of that has been inculcated Mm -hmm. or how much victimization has happened in the lives of individuals attached to that cult. And it's from an apologetic standpoint that is so essential to know before we jump right in and just assume that people are in a certain place because of these teachings, to really draw out from them, well, what's your story? Like, mm-hmm. how has this right. affected your life? And realizing that there's people that most usually the ones that are severely impacted, if they end up ever leaving that cult, many of them are so damaged, they don't go back to any churches. Right. And realizing that there's still a lot of people out there. So his interview really brought that out in that some people, can look back and still see a lot of good of what was happening in their lives, not because mm-hmm. the cult was good or because the truth that they were putting out was actual, quote, truth, unquote, but because they just simply weren't in a position to be impacted in the same way that mm-hmm. others were. Right. And, and so as you think about your friends and family that are in these types of situations, remember that they could be, across a spectrum of impact and severity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the second grouping that I really appreciated Luke of this, were our ancient heresies revived, because what I like about that kind of like what we did with the cults is I gave a little bit of, you know, background, then you gave theology and then modern, you know, uh, uh, expressions, if you will, of, of each of those groups. And, and we always will remind people, Hey, Most of these heresies are still alive in today. We may not call them Arianism or Monarchanism or so on and so forth, but the ideology or the ideas that were held are still found in different groups, a lot lot of times within cults, but they're still found. And so I felt that that was interesting, as, as you know Solomon would like to say, "There's nothing new under the sun." <laughs> so the same, the same um, heresies, the same, you know, unbiblical teaching that was around in the early church is still found, you know, today. And y- you know, you brought up a lot of the modern um, expressions of of some of those. So I also really appreciated those four or five that we did as well.
0: I think that the research and the connections in those specific episodes were probably the most fun mm-hmm. to put together in the sense that the the connections were so clear right. and it felt it felt good to expose that because I feel like as with any as with any cultural item Brian you know that memory lasts what maybe two generations. Right. And then the third generation interestingly is usually the most upset about things that they've never actually experienced or the most ignorant and vulnerable to things that they've been warned about but don't want to actually listen to. Mm-hmm. And so this I think provides a really we're right at that point in the church where these things are making a a reemergent really it seems like it's the third wave since the end of the 20th of uh, the mm-hmm. 19th century. Mm-hmm. It's the third, maybe fourth wave of these types of things because people forget or they're not told. And so to know, hey, you know, the Bible is still the same and yep. these things yep. have been done before.
1: And, and you know, one of the things that that is kind of a common thread we find not only with cults, but these early heresies is usually it is a well-meaning individual who takes the Bible, you know, to a isolated place and waits for some kind of greater vision or insight. Right. And they, they get this epiphany and then they come back and get disciples and so on and so forth. So a lot of these people were well-meaning. So let's just say Charles Taze Russell, you know, the founder of Jehovah's Witness. You look at him, you know, he, he wanted to serve the Lord. He just was A, not educated in a proper sense, he, he didn't really surround himself necessarily with checks and balances uh, on, on his theology, and he basically ignored 2,000 years of church history and didn't really see himself in earlier heresies. So what happens is they take these theologies that they all of a sudden they heard from God, and then they start building up, you know, disciples, uh, students, and, and, and churches are found. But My hope is part of why we're doing this is to not only tell people about the early heresies and to to tell Bible-believing Christians, hey, guys, be aware of this stuff. For 2,000 years, this this ideology has been frowned upon because it's not biblical. And then show modern expressions. And and really, I think at the heart of what we're trying to do with this broadcast is equip Christians, be it— college student Christians, be it, you know, average listening Christians, but to equip them to defend the faith and to, to become a more passionate follower of Christ. And so my hope is that we've done some of that these last two semesters. And it's, it's crazy to think, Luke, when you told me before radio that we've done 32 episodes Right I was I was surprised I'm thinking, boy, yeah, I know we did something every week, but in particular you, there were some weeks I was out, but it was like, boy, 32 that that's a lot of information that's that is a classroom worth of information more more classroom time so
0: exactly right. And I think you're you're spot on when it comes to the the cults, Brian. I know that even going back over this stuff myself has encouraged me to be even more active in reaching out. To people who are in cults and i've had multiple opportunities to do that on the campus where i go to college where there's been people set up with stations that are right near the bus stop so when i get off there they are Mm -hmm. and so i go up to them and after sort of having this refresher in my mind i say let's talk about two things the eternality of hell and the actual deity of jesus christ Mm -hmm. and not from a religious or antagonistic standpoint but from a human to human standpoint Mm -hmm. listen if you're wrong about jesus but you don't believe in the eternality of hell, maybe that's okay. But if you're wrong on both of those, you're going to end up in the very place you think doesn't exist because you weren't willing to follow what a man said and not what the Bible itself said and have a good conversation with them. And so that's really, that's the heart of what we were trying to do. And that's why it's cults and not just cults where we're down here bashing them, right? It's cults and solutions. We want you to take this and to use it to aid and, people,
1: and, and I think both of our heart is that people would still use these. These podcasts yes. are still available, and 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 do it. You, what's interesting, I was at church. I'm um, a blessed family that have been at church for many, many years. They'll come up to me every time, and they said, Brian, probably I don't know, eight years ago, nine years ago, or something. I gave a message, a teaching here at uh, at Calvary on truth, mm. and I looked at you know what relativism is and what what the Bible describes as truth. And she said brian i continually use that teaching she goes i've become so protective that i i won't let them keep that cd <laughs> and i thought well just give them give him the cd and get another one printed you know you know it's one of those things but with podcasts you just could share a link with someone so but i so you asked me the ancient heresies um was fun and the cults and solutions were fun but let's get back to the statistics. So you mentioned the the top two. What 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 else are we? What, what else did people respond to statistically speaking?
0: People responded best to the ones where we had a guest interviewee. Right,
1: which and- goes to say one of the reasons why next semester, Lord willing. We're gonna have more guests, and maybe even a regular guest with us. We're we're gonna see Luke and I will be there, but we may have other people part of this uh, th- this broadcast that are they're gonna be with us. It could be someone such as Steve Collins. It could be someone such as Dr. Joseph Holden from Veritas. We've put out an invitation to Skip Heidsick. You know, we we've we've invited um, different people to be part of this podcast we're not committing them. Please, hear us out. Just because I said those names doesn't mean they're going to be regular right. guests. But there are individuals we're hoping because people do like to hear other voices.
0: Exactly right. And that means regardless of who ends up coming on and how often, the quality of what we're trying to put out, we're mm-hmm. continuing to strive for excellence and continue to bring you high quality, very well-respected voices that will help to be able to aid you in your next step for Mm -hmm. preparation for apologetics etc i'd say uh the one that there was one other episode that you mentioned there of your message on truth brought to mind and that was i i really enjoyed the philosophical aspect and i mentioned it in the podcast but the one that says how do i know that god is good brian Mm -hmm. the truth that we were able to go through in that short episode i think is fundamental Mm -hmm. to people understanding more about god and that god's beauty and god's truth the transcendence are objective they Mm -hmm. are subjectively received but they outside of our reception exist Mm -hmm. and they stand as record of who god is Mm -hmm and that Christians shouldn't shy away from how other people have chosen to describe those things. That one, I felt, probably put a lot of courage in people's back pockets who were willing to listen to that and realize, mm. hey, you know what, I don't have to be ashamed of this mm. because the world yeah. is telling me that that's what it is, or I heard a story about how we actually got here. Stand for the Word of God, let Him do the work, right. and use His creation. That's why we're witnesses. So I, was, I loved that episode. Yeah, I guess I loved them all, but yeah. you know, there's some yeah. that they're just, all they're, they're all, all like children, right? <laughs> they're all
1: like children. You love them all, but but it's interesting to see what what people are responding to as well because there's needs and you know and people gravitate. So the Calvary Chapel history was good. the The second one you said was the New Apostolic Reformation. What was third?
0: Third on here, I and
1: mean, we don't have to go through them all. I'm just curious. The top three.
0: Well, the top the top three. It was Cadence.
1: Okay, so three. So three. So so what we get is the history of Calvary Chapel, the episode on the, the New Reformation, and then the one on Mormonism right. was, was were the top three. And so, again, those are three definite topics. The, the New Reformation, a little bit newer, you know, in that it's, it's one of those emerging um, heresies. But at least with Mormonism, it, it's been around. But because Mormonism is so... It's, it's part of the fabric now of the United States, and people right. people still are not sure about Mormonism. So I, it makes sense that that would be in the top three.
0: And as we started the show up, these people must be reminded generationally, and mm-hmm. that's If there's anything that these podcasts can serve for, I know a lot of people, they get tired of, you know, like kids that are under 20 don't ever want to watch a black and white movie. They're in horror of the fact that there's no color. Right, right. right? And so there's things that get abandoned that are absolutely timeless because of how long ago they were produced. And you know this being a bibliophile yourself of how many great books have been written and the perspective that they have regardless of the time frame in which they were written it's not so associated with peripherals that it cannot stand even now as a relevant piece of scholarship mm-hmm. and so we hope that these episodes and the people that have initially listened to them become to the best of their ability those timeless anchor points You're where right. you can come back and say well Maybe this doesn't cover everything that's happening now, but it covered up to the time when it was actually made, yeah. and perhaps gave us enough insight to be aware of what's happening in yeah. our generation.
1: Now, Luke, let me—I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but let let me let me just throw this out as a, as an idea. You know, as we look towards next semester, we've already talked about you know getting some other guests on, mixing up the topics. How would someone get hold of you? Um, To say, hey, I would love to hear about this topic or you guys address this subject. How would they get hold of us? Um, Obviously, my email is simple. It's Brian, B-R-I-A-N dot Nixon, N-I-X-O-N at CalvaryABQ.org. That's the easiest way to get hold of me. But how would they get hold of you or, you know, this program? Right. So
0: for the program, as we've typically closed it out with, and we're almost at the point where we've got to wrap this up because we just wanted this to be a brief overview for you and to say thank you for all that you've given to us in the semester in your listenership. But in order to reach out to us, you would just simply go to calvary.college at calvaryabq.org. And in the In the event that that wasn't sufficient, you can always reach out to Calvary Church Mm -hmm. and our folks at the front desk will direct your call to either Brian or I or someone else who could speak to this or at least give us a message so that Mm -hmm. we can reach back out to you or just simply take your directive and consider it as one of our new topics yeah so we certainly want you to we want to encourage you to be interactive yeah and and give us those things because again the whole point is brian and i can think of a whole lot of crazy stuff we can talk about together yeah but we're in intimately interested in the questions that you have that may not yet be answered
1: And, and i'm not saying we're going to address this luke so please and listeners Don't, don't hold me to this, but but someone, you know, came up to me recently and said, you know, it's really interesting what you guys are doing and we're, and I'm very appreciative of it, but they said, have you guys ever considered doing a a small series on essentials versus non-essentials? What makes an essential Christian doctrine as opposed to a non-essential? And I thought that, that, that would be a fascinating topic. And because, you know, we broadcast here in, New Mexico, and it has a strong Roman Catholic contingency, a lot of lot of believers in the Roman Catholic uh, doctrines. And a lot of them, you know, will attend Calvary, you know, on Wednesday nights to go through the Bible, but they'll go, well, I don't agree with that. But, you know, we agree on the essentials, but, we, you know, it's, it's the non-essentials we may disagree with. So they said, would you guys ever consider doing that? I said, well, that's an interesting, that's an interesting topic, and it would make for a great dialogue with guests. Here are the essentials. But here are non-essentials. And why are they non-essentials? What, what makes, you know, Christian doctrine so important?
0: Right. And that, that topic itself, for me, I take a completely different approach to it. And I think that the different perspectives we could bring into that, I I really try to get into the weeds on that. Mm-hmm. And it really starts clear back, I think, at Erasmus and his teaching of Adiaphora. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's much to be said. And so just to qualify what we mean, what we mean when we're talking about that, essential non-essential stratification typically involves people saying it's not essential for salvation. Mm-hmm. Therefore it's not essential. But we are not implying that there are parts of the Bible that are not essential to you as a Christian, which right. is how some people try to use that right. division. Right. And and so I think it would be a great conversation yeah. to have about that, about well, I said this, but I actually meant something different. Right, and you said this, and and it's it's really the essence of ecumenism. It's how it all came to be. So it's a huge, huge topic, and it I is. think it would be a fun topic yeah, to get would, into.
1: But again, no promises. No I'm promises. Not, I, I'm not promising that. But it was <laughs> one that someone brought up and said, w- "What is essential versus non-essential?" And I thought, hmm, maybe, maybe that's something we could we could address and look at. But but Luke, I know we're wrapping up. I know our time. And this semester has been great, but 32 episodes. I'm I'm really pleased uh, to be part of those. And and hopefully these have blessed people and have, have equipped them. And if bare minimum caused them to think.
0: Yes, sir. And this, I think, will be our 33rd and concluding episode of season two, 2023 Calvary College podcast, Squawk, where you squawk at us and we squawk back.
1: Yeah. yeah. And we want to, again, thank Daniel. Um, who yes. has faithfully, faithfully um, recorded, engineered the broadcast. And of course, thank you, Luke. You, you've you done the the fine tuning of editing it and Steve for opening up the studio here at KLYT. So it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful team. And we're just very, very thankful.
0: Absolutely. And Brian, I've been blessed to be a part of it. I've been blessed to have you in here as a nearly weekly guest and We're grateful for all of you who are listening and we hope that you'll rejoin us, but not just wait until then, but continue to revisit what we've all already enjoyed together. So again, if you have any questions, write to us at calvary.college at calvaryabq.org. Again, that's calvary.college at calvaryabq.org. And until next time, thank you for listening.